Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, August 22nd, 2023. It is 609 and 79 degrees in the capital city. And we enter into day, oh, I guess it depends what you consider day one of the heat wave, whether it was yesterday or earlier, but how about uh, day T minus three days left in the heat wave, the beginning of that. That's probably the more accurate one. It's not really when it began, but when it is going to end. And got three more days, counting today, to get through before we normalize with those temperatures and heat indexes a little bit hopefully you made it through tomorrow excuse me from uh, yesterday okay hopefully you made it through yesterday okay because we had a situation i don't know if you 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 saw the numbers but if anybody comes up to you and says eh, you know everybody's everybody's react overreacting this is uh this is summer in lincoln nebraska this is august in lincoln nebraska and this is just kind of what you get in August in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, let me tell you, last night at 7 p.m. in the evening, 7 p.m. in the evening, the heat index in Lincoln hit 119 degrees. (laughs) The temperature was at 97 degrees, and the dew point, ladies and gentlemen, was at 81 that tied July 27th, about a month ago. That was a Thursday, I believe. It was very hot, humid day. Ties July 27th of this year as the second hottest feels-like temperature, heat index temperature, since 1980. That's right, in 43 years. So... I, I I mean I would not completely unprecedented, but definitely not in the range of ah. Eh, it's typical summer in Lincoln, Nebraska. What do you expect now? Here are uh, here are the situation that we've got right now. the The impacts on what's going on. So NSAA uh, has uh, and and this goes into to Lincoln. N- NSAA has put in this technology. Uh, or I guess these tests that involve the technology that involves a wet bulb reading. Don't ask me to explain to you exactly how that works. Uh, but it's a different reading than temperature, a different reading than heat index. And they've got a strict cutoff uh, at a certain level where they're not going to have outdoor activities for high school sports if it goes above that. They have gone ahead and in looking at the forecast, they've wiped out all the sporting events uh, in the area for tonight and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So those are out. Okay. And you've had some others. Unless they go inside. Uh, yeah, yes, I should right. say that. They, they, Outdoor sporting yep. events. If you're playing volleyball, you, you're going to be okay, which they they're probably may be volleyball. Just definitely games. keep the doors Sorry. closed and crazy. That's the a good AC. point. But yes, but uh, so softball, football, uh, tennis, and whatever, maybe golf that's going on now, that would be all those. Those items, and you've had some like the uh, the Beatrice football game because that, that's not too far away, 
was supposed to be on Thursday of this week. They've already pushed that back to Friday. Okay. So so you've got yeah. some of that thought process happening as well. That That's right. So you, you've got that going on. I saw this. Channel 8 had a story. Says LPS says less than a third of its school buses have air conditioning. Really? I, I did not know that. Yeah. They, uh, there was a uh, message shared with families that use buses last week and said transportation staff is doing some things to try and keep kids safe from the excessive heat, opening windows, telling students to bring water bottles, giving them a chance to refill it before getting on the bus as well, providing water bottles, uh, bottled water at dismissal as needed as well. So you've got that. And then... Wouldn't be a problem if they just wait till after Labor Day to start. Something. That's well, but yeah. Hopefully, most of the time that should be the case. It would be yeah this year. That's a good point, Mark. And then my daughter came back from school and she said, uh, "She said, Dad, the air conditioning went out in two thirds of the school no, yesterday." No, and, and she said the only thing that worked were the gym and like the lunchroom and some of the hallways. And she said, nobody did anything. She said, nobody, people were just gathering in the cool places where they could, um, and it was miserable. So I don't know if that will be, um, that'll be fixed or not, but that was, you know, that was the case when I was, when I was in school at LPS years ago, is a handful of the schools at that time still didn't have their, the older schools didn't have air conditioning in. And so during this time of year, and it wasn't this hot, but even if it was, you know, highs in the, the mid-upper 90s uh, that didn't involve ridiculous heat indices, they would do an early out of school for a large part of the first few weeks of school, as I recall, in this whole thing. Um, but now, as when they're working, all the schools have air conditioning, that hasn't been such an issue. But it just compounds everything that's going on right now and to any of you who are having at home air conditioner problems right now my heart goes out to you mm-hmm. because i can't imagine what trying to get service for that is like right well, now and how it feels right now uh, how about a shout out to those service techs 100 percent yeah work on these things and they make a, and they're usually wearing pants when they do that they got them dressed all nice uh Looking, yeah, that job, that job on these days, wow, yuck, yuck. So I'm glad we've got those people that are out there as well. In terms of today, it, uh, Mark, it actually, uh, even though the te- even though the high temperature, don't say this too often, the high today is going to be 104 according to forecasts, and it should bring some relief from what we saw yesterday, unbelievably, because. You're not quite going to have the humidity numbers that you did yesterday, the dew point numbers that you did yesterday, and thus the heat index probably is not going to quite reach to the level that it did yesterday where we were talking about, what, 119, 120 by the end of the day. We're going to be talking more about 112, 113 at 4, 5, 6 o'clock at night and in the afternoon. So, so what you're saying is that today is going to be a drier heat. I mean, it, it actually is. The dew point. <laughs> it actually is. The dew point is uh, yeah. at, at five o'clock. It's going to be seventy-one compared to what did I say it was yesterday? 81. 80, 81 at that point. So, heat index last night did not. This is according to Matt Olberding. Heat index did not drop below a hundred until after midnight last night. 
<laughs> so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they, so dumb. And it's still going to, even today, I mean, even today, at 8 o'clock when, at sunset, the heat index is still going to be 107. So, so how, uh, how toasty, how sweaty was Omaha compared to Lincoln? Yeah, I, I spent last night, of course, with the heat index at 119, 120 outside for, uh, for the evening and to the night. I, was, I took my daughter to the concert that was outdoors, Charles Schwab Field, where they play the College World Series. Uh, Pink had a concert there. Uh, that place appeared to be sold out. I mean, the heat did not deter people <laughs> from going to that concert. I suppose they invested a lot in the tickets, and so they wanted to spend them. And so the concourses, when we got there, were jam-packed. And, guys, that was that was not pleasant in <laughs> any – that was not pleasant for anyone that was there. I mean, you could just see the sweat just – pouring off of people at that point the longest lines you know you go to a concert like that and the longest lines are where uh the concessions the beer places and the bathrooms nope longest line the drinking fountain uh by far in the entire place longest line longest line was definitely the the drinking fountain um you know the one thing is when you stay outside in a whole day in this stuff or for a long period of time. And I remember learning this from when my, I did my walk a few years ago. You eventually do acclimate a little bit to it. And when the sun went down last night and then the breeze kicked up a little bit where we were sitting at Charles Schwab Field, uh, the breeze felt kind of nice a couple of times. And you might still have that today. You know, it's a 10, 11 mile an hour breeze. Get some gusts really mainly in the overnight hours. Might get some, some more tomorrow. Um, but yeah, overall it was, uh, it was, it was an experience. It was definitely an experience we'll never forget. Um, and one that was, one that was hot. So how late at night was it? Uh, I am going on about a little over three hours of sleep right now. Wow. So we got out of there at, she, she wrapped the concert at about 11, 10, 11, 15. Um, so I don't, I think I probably walked in my house about 1245 last night. And so I'm probably was asleep sometime a little before one thirty, I think, last night. So yeah, the little got a little over three hours last night. So I'll try and nappy time day. Yeah, I'll try and uh, try and hit the caffeine and be alert for you here this morning. So we have got that. Uh, some of the other news that I, I want to touch on here today. I see we've got a, a letter that has been signed by. Multiple members of the Lincoln City Council, the legislative delegation from the city of Lincoln, the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, and some other folks as well, that is requesting more formally what uh, James Michael Bowers had talked about in the newscast, the news reports that you had yesterday uh, regarding the new prison, saying, hey, what we would like is for the governor, state representatives, to come to uh, basically a meeting with the citizens of Northeast Lincoln, a, a town hall type situation. We normally hear, have them here at this library. We're glad to move it somewhere else that can service more people here at this point. And so there was a formal letter that was sent out to the uh, to the governor requesting that later in the month of September. Um, we'll see what the response is on that whole thing. Dan Parsons is going to have Christy Yoakum on the show Tonight on his show tonight, Lancaster County Commissioner, she was one of the people who signed that letter. And so, 
you know, right now it's not they're not asking they're not asking for the decision to be changed or anything like that, but they're asking for conversations to happen, concerns to be addressed, those sorts of things uh from from the state. So we'll see if if the state goes ahead with with that situation if they want to go into a town hall meeting in northeast lincoln and face the people who are aggrieved by that at this point or not so we will find out what happens exactly with that seems like sounds like uh there was a lot of conversation about this yesterday uh after our show so i don't know i, I get the sense that and i'm not trying to give anyone some sort of false hope that something major is changing. But it sounds like there's going to be more on this story, and I can't quite figure out what it is yet. But there's going to be there's going to be more said on this story. We'll see how that comes about, when that comes about this week exactly. Um I I again I'm not saying that they're that they're changing their mind on where the prison is going to go, but I think I think there maybe is some I don't know I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't speak out of turn here on this. I wonder is what I probably should say. I wonder if there's some realization that the way that this rolled out was going to have was going to be a way that wasn't completely appreciated by the people in parts of the city of Lincoln particularly where this is um going to be affecting. So I think that there, maybe there will be some realization about that and some walking back of things because of that, but we'll see. Uh, then the other thing I was going to uh, touch on here, we already have, we've had a few uh, changes announced in personnel, additions, subtractions at the uh, state level over the last couple of weeks. We got another one, it looks like, yep. yesterday. Uh, Treasurer John Morante. So he is going to be the Nebraska Public uh, reti- excuse me, the Nebraska Public Employees Retirement Systems um, basically lead lead the board that oversees that organization which administers state retirement plans. Now, you might say, why in the heck is, you, why in the heck is he leaving state oh. treasurer's office to become the head of this board? <laughs> well, money would be one of them. How about an extra hundred grand on your salary? How's yeah. that sound? Yeah. Constant- That's if that final uh, uh that would be if he gets what the what the last yeah person got the retiring director got current salary constitutional salary 85 grand uh randy gerke who's the retiring director got about 185,000 and so you can see why the state treasurer who just by the way not long ago won re-election to his spot at the state treasurer uh is interested in taking a new step into a a different office other than the one who was just elected for. Well, I would, I would have a hunch that, you know, having to stand for election every four years, not something that some people care for a great deal. So, and, and, what, and obviously, well, don't run next time then. I mean, that's, but, yeah, but th- here's an opportunity to, to stay in public service. Right. And, right. I mean, listen, I'm going to get, I think we all, I think we all would be interested in a hundred thousand dollar raise. I, I, it's hard to, that would be that would be something that would probably be a strong pull for a lot of people. Sign so me up. He applied for the job on June twenty first, according to the Nebraska Examiner. So they are going to be uh, be looking for a new state treasurer. He has here, to be approved by uh, uh, a certain number the, of legislators board. and oh yeah, and the board and the governor. 
So there's still a process, but he's well liked um, from what I can tell. Yep. All right. So uh, that's what we've got going on here today. Um, and then Caleb's going to have sports here in just a second. Uh, anything significant yesterday that I missed in the Husker world? Uh, we talked with Mike Schaefer about the underutilization of Husker tight ends, and then it played itself out in the NFL preseason again. Oh, yeah. Some more uh, Husker tight ends, uh, former Husker tight ends yep. in the NFL preseason. Yep. All right. Never fails. All right. It's 625. We will grab a break. Heat warning right now for the capital city. We are at 79 degrees on Lincoln's News and Talk 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. Your home for intelligent conversation and informed analysis. Please stick to the facts. 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. Caleb, we have got to... Uh, I'm sorry to just bring it up out of nowhere like this, but... We've got to lock down our final request line Friday theme here for Friday. Were we saying that we I, wanted did, to, what would you replace? What What would you want the tunnel walk music to be? Oh, yeah. If that's it wasn't a, serious? Uh, yeah, we could do that one. If you have a better, we'll decide here before the end of the show. That's a, that's a possibility. Is uh, what would you, if you could, uh, if, if you were tasked with the assignment of replacing the Alan Parsons project on the Nebraska Tunnel Walk, what would you choose? I like that one. I like that. But I'm open. We had some people with some other good ideas, too. And so if there's something you would like to submit uh, for your, uh, for your for the final topic of the year, for the final genre of the year, go ahead and text that in, 402-479-1400. We'll take it under advisement. At very, at very least, we may use it next year Yeah, when we start doing this again. We haven't done now. I should be quiet saying this. Don't. We haven't done we haven't done novelty songs yet this time around. You had your opportunities when I was on vacation. We haven't done novelty songs. Um that's true, we haven't. And yeah. So I again, maybe another if you've got if you've got a suggestion, idea, something you're like, those guys should really do this. Now's the time to let us know uh, here during the show today. And Caleb and I, by the end of the show today, we are going to lock in what it is because it's already t- it's already Tuesday. This week's just flying by, Caleb. It's beautiful weather. Things are flying by. Before you know it, it's going to be Friday afternoon, and we're all going to be getting ready for the weekend with Request Line Friday already over. So, yes, let us know what you think. That's the kind of the clubhouse leader right now. I do, I do kind of like that one, but I want to make sure there isn't something better that we're – Forgetting right now. Got to theme it for what's going on during the uh, during the week in question. All right. Right now in the capital city, we are at 79 degrees, and it is time for our sound off. Got some news clips from around the country, around the world, for the things that are going on this morning. So what shall we start with today? Let's see what we got here. First of all, we are going to start with a little bit of a little bit of a preview. We are now just a little over 24 hours, 36 hours, I guess it is, from debate number one in Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. And, 
Well, why did that sound like a skit from Parks and Rec? It's it's uh, it's Wayne's World. You got to yeah, look at the skit yeah. from Wayne. You, have you seen what you've seen yeah, Wayne's, seen World, Wayne's World? World? Yeah, it's yeah. Alice Cooper in yeah, Wayne's World. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a debate there. Eight candidates have met polling and donor thresholds and signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee to qualify for tomorrow night's debate in Milwaukee. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, former governors Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and Asa Hutchinson, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, Senator. Tim Scott and former Vice President Mike Pence are all expected on stage. Former President Trump, the far and away frontrunner, is not debating, writing, the public knows who he is and what a successful presidency he had. Jared Halpern, Fox News. Uh, so, I, I guess, I haven't seen all of the details um, on this yet, but I thought I saw yesterday that Trump is going to do an interview. Yeah, here it is. He is going to do an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson. Mm. on this so likely going to do a debate with uh tucker carlson tucker carlson's not on a network anymore right unless he signed somewhere that i wasn't aware of he's just doing twitter videos isn't he yeah yeah so i assume it's going to be kind of an an online deal but maybe that'll change maybe it'll end up somewhere else but that is his um his plan yeah it's a pre-recorded it's going to be a pre-recorded interview with tucker carlson um it sounds like maybe he's already recorded it here at this point. Oh. Um, and it could run during the debate. The timing of the airing, this was as of, uh, let's see, two days ago. The timing of the airing of the interview has not been finalized yet. Well, I mean, it's 36 hours away, so I'm sure they're going to they're gonna figure it out. That, that That is an interesting question for Trump, though. Are you better off? Are you better off having people, Republicans... Not watch the debate and watch your interview with Tucker Carlson, or are you better off actually having people watch the debate? For here's a, let me let me make the devil's advocate argument for if you're Trump, why you want people watching the debate. Number one, more than half those people up there are going to defend you, mm-hmm. right? Are going to do your work for you, and you don't even have to do it. So that's number one. Number two. What happens in debates, right? Some people have good performances, but some people have bad performances. They have the moment that you do not want to have in a debate. Because what comes out of a debate? Yo, you know, in 2023, four or five moments that are made for viral video. That's what comes out of debates. Let's be honest about what a debate is in 2023. And they can be good moments. They can portray people well. But they can also be very bad moments where there's a gaffe or where you're getting it handed to you by another candidate or something. I mean, do I need to take you back to 2019? Remember, uh, we're talking primary debates. Do you remember Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? Anybody remember that? And she went, she really got into him about busing. Anybody else remember this? This was four years ago. It was a huge thing, huge thing, uh, yeah. Or or f- what? Eight years ago, Chris Christie went after Marco Rubio. That whole thing. So I don't know. I think there's. I mean, this is part of the reason why you don't do the debates if you're Trump at this point, because there isn't a ton of opportunity cost because of those things. You're not going to have. You're you're not going to have, what is it, eight people? You're not going to have eight people or how, however many it is that's just absolutely tearing into you when you're not there. 
you'll have a couple that kind of are. You'll have a few that are kind of have your back. It'll feel like up there. Um, and, and it just doesn't have I mean, the same I get weight. why he's. I, I I can. I understand why he feels that way. Mm-hmm. Why why he would make that decision. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's one that I want to see from my candidates. I mean, you even go back to the gubernatorial race. When Jim Pillen didn't do the debates, I thought it was disappointing. I want to see these candidates in the debates, despite the fact that, yes, I realize that one of the legacies of the debates in modern-day politics is that it just gets boiled down to a couple of moments that are the ones that get shared on social media. But I don't think that's the case with every voter. I think there are some voters who go to those to get a sense of who the candidates are and where they stand on certain issues. So, anyway. Oh, and by the way, since uh, since I referenced it, we need to... If you want to, you want to kind of go back here and remember. Here you go. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. It's Alice Cooper <laughs> in full stage makeup. <laughs> well, yes, Pete. <laughs> every time I think of Milwaukee, every time I think of Milwaukee, I think of that. All right, what else do we have going on? Oh, uh, let's keep talking about the presidential race. It's so fun. Iowa's got new polling out. Uh, Des Moines Register, that's the poll everybody wants to look at Ooh, in Iowa. Yeah. The yep, Des Moines the Register, Register. The Register polls. Des Moines Register has a new poll out. Who who was making up some ground while they were at the Iowa State Fair? Let's find out. We're getting some brand new polling out of the state of Iowa where a lot of these candidates have been hitting the campaign trail uh, in recent days. So let's get right into that polling. This is from NBC News and the Des Moines uh, Register showing that Trump still holds a very sizable lead coming in at 42 percent. DeSantis uh, coming in second place at 19 percent. Trump and DeSantis, the only ones breaking double digits uh, in this Iowa poll. So if you're one of these other candidates still in the single digits, you're likely thinking this debate is an opportunity to potentially have a breakout moment, connect with some voters, and start moving up the rankings there, as these Iowa caucuses are now less than six months away. Yeah, that feels like it's going to be the real legacy of this thing on uh, on Wednesday night, is that someone from the middle, the squishy middle of the Republican polling, is going to have a good night and get a boost from it. Mm-hmm. That's... That's what it feels like. I mean, you can kind of narrow down the group of who that might be. I, I, I think I can really narrow it down. I think it's either going to be Haley or Scott. They feel like they have been, those two have been, I don't know, not quite getting the attention that right now uh, Vivek is sort of the flavor of the month right now with this whole thing. He seems to be getting a lot of earned media. And of course, uh, I mean, of course, Trump, but DeSantis as well is, is kind of getting a ton of that earned media. But those two haven't quite as much. I'm going to guess they'll probably both be decent on the debate stage. So I'm going to guess one of those one of those two comes out as the consensus winner from tomorrow night. We'll see if that's actually the case. Uh, all right. Other things going on. Um, let's go here. 
Oh, the, wait, wait, I want to do this one first. I got a clip from uh, Jim Pillen on the, uh, he was on the border Ooh. of Texas. He was on the border of Texas uh, yesterday. How many governors are down there right so now? So you had Noam from South Dakota, uh, Reynolds from Iowa was down there, uh, and Pillen, and then Abbott, obviously, from Texas. I think. I think that was the entirety of the group. I could be wrong about that, but those are the only so we have this, those like, are the only ones that I heard some of their comments. This like Great Plains contingent down yes. in Texas. Yeah, and here's what he had to say. We are fighting cartels that are trying to kill our kids. Kill our kids. That's one thing in the United States we all surely agree on, right? It's our kids that we're going to protect our kids. All right, so there you go, making the case that uh, we got the cartels that are trying to kill our kids, and we should agree. We don't want our kids killed. I agree. I don't want my kids killed. I'm with him. I stand with Pillin on that one. Um, other other things. Oh, yeah, this one is. Oh, boy. You ready for a cancel culture story? Oh, please. Finally. What are we canceling? Finally. Um, the song by Queen, Fat Bottomed Girls. Really? Yeah. Uh, really, really. I mean, kind of. It depends why you define canceling, I guess. But yes, uh, here is uh, here is but where... But they make the rock and world go round. They, they do. Some say that, at least. Legendary rockers Queen has become victims of cancel culture after their 1978 classic Fat Bottom Girls was cut from the band's new greatest hits collection for younger listeners that debuted on the audio platform Yoda, which aims to introduce the band to kids. Although many are blasting the move as woke or ridiculous, one person in the music industry told the Daily Mail, it's woke gone mad. Why not appreciate people of all shapes and sizes like society is saying we should rather than get rid of it? The song became a huge hit for the band. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Wait, so what was buried in there is this is being aimed at kids? So Yoto, Y-O-T-O is an audio platform for children, evidently. I am looking at it right now. Uh, I don't know what this is. This is not. Is this a thing I'm going to have to learn? Yeah, do you, you might want to learn about what me? Yoto players... Oh, it looks like it makes like little uh, like toy iPod little things, Oh, basically, that you buy music for, is what it looks like, essentially. Oh. Okay. And uh, so they're not, they have the greatest hits album. Apparently they're putting out people, putting out people's albums and they have the greatest hits album for Queen. They took Fat Bottom Girls off of it. Yodo did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but explained to Express, another outlet, that, quote, the average age of our listeners is five years old. And after consultation, we felt Fat Bottom Girls wasn't appropriate for our young audience. The song is considered one of Queen's racier tracks with lyrics such as Left Alone with Big Fat Fanny, She Was Such a Naughty Nanny, Hey Big Woman, You Made a Bad Boy Out of Me. At at first I was when you had led into it, I was like, Why the heck would we get would you cancel this song? If you're trying to Wait. play it for like five years five year olds, I guess I get it, but even then this is, wait, Caleb, this is where woke cancel culture 
meets library book banning, and the left and right come together as one. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is safe. The, 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 the woke mob is joining with the library parents who are mad about the books in their library being overly sexualized, and they are one and the same, agreeing, let's get Queen's music off of this app that no one is going to use six months from now. That is almost assuredly going to be a business failure. That's how we're coming together as a country against Freddie Mercury and Queen. <sighs> Good old fashioned Lover Boy is still on there. Oh yeah? yeah what What else is uh, What else is still on the album? Uh, now that I'm Now that I'm aware of Yoto, I want to make sure they've got appropriate Queen songs for the five. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh. Another there's one. some interesting adult themes in that song. Another one bites the dust. Well, it's kind of. Killer Queen, yeah. Bicycle, Okay, You're My Best Friend, Don't Stop Me Now, Save Me, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Somebody to Love, Now I'm Here, Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy, Play the Game, Flash, <sighs> Seven Seasons Ride, some hits, We Will they? Rock You, Jeez, We queen. Are the Champions. Ah, Queen, what a hit machine. Uh, the omission isn't out of line what other companies have done in the past when repackaging popular music for a younger audience. Kids about regularly changes the lyrics to popular songs that have content they deem unsuitable for young children. That's true. I've heard those songs. They cha- they take out the swear words, and it doesn't make sense sometimes. <laughs> Representative for Queen confirmed to EW that uh, Entertainment Weekly, the band agreed to the omission ahead of its release. Okay. All right, this, this is sounding not... This is sounding maybe not as controversial as it did originally. Wait a minute. They they just left a song out as they packaged it for a specific demo? I think it's... I, I, I don't, like... Come on. I think it's a little more surprising that they think five-year-olds are going to download Queen's greatest hits for their for their little tykes iPods. Mom and dad got to spend 15 bucks. Jeez. 15 Are you going to do... Hey, you're the... To market demo for this thing, it sounds like. Is this a potential Christmas gift for Millie here? Absolutely Queen's not. Queen's greatest hits? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, not not just that, but the whole Yoto thing. Whatever that's supposed to be. The whole Yoto thing. You act like it's this like omnipresent thing. We learned about it eight seconds ago. This is probably how this is probably how my parents were talking about social media. Right. Like the whole this whole internet thing. Take me home tonight, fat bottom girls. They work good. I never really thought about that nanny line, but that is kind of dirty. Yeah. Now that now that I now that, now that isn't that isn't that funny? Sometimes you'll be you'll have been especially when I was like a a teenager. You'll be singing song lyrics and go, for oh. years and years and years, and then you'll actually sit down and read them, and you're like, oh hey, that was. Hmm. <laughs> there, there was little, something, something they racier, were talking about. <laughs> a little racier than I expected. Uh, all right, we need to do. We need to take our break, or do you want one more? You can play one more. All right, let's do one more. Let's do. A, we'll do a quick sports one here on this because it is fairly related to Nebraska football in the Big Ten, at least. Jim Harbaugh says, "You know what? <laughs> I'm suspending myself. I did some. Me. I did some bad things, and so I." 
I should be ashamed. Harbaugh will miss the first three games of the 2023 football season after the school announced Monday a self-imposed suspension for alleged recruiting violations. The NCAA has an ongoing investigation into the matter, and earlier it appeared a deal had been reached to suspend Harbaugh for the first four games this season. But reports surfaced early this month that the NCAA Infractions Committee rejected that agreement. The NCAA can still impose an additional suspension on Harbaugh in the future. He will miss September home games against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, and return for the Big Ten opener against Rutgers on September 23rd. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. Apparently Michigan's not worried about bolstering up its non-conference strength of schedule this year. Jeez. Nope. Yikes. By the way, Nebraska game five. Yeah, so, so he'll get one under the belt and come to Lincoln. Assuming doesn't get suspended any further. But he's very disappointed in himself. It sounds like this will probably be enough. He's not going to get better. He's going to get better. 6.56. All right, we'll take a break. 79 degrees in the capital city on this Tuesday morning. Got Joe Jordan coming up in 15 minutes. Show us the LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Guns toward the end zone. Passes. Caught. Touchdown. Think. 1499.3. KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 79 degrees in the capital city. I realize I didn't ever give you a preview of what else we have coming up on the show. It's a little different than normal on a Tuesday. Quite a bit different, as a matter of fact, on a Tuesday. Now, Joe Jordan's coming up next. That's not different at all. Uh, we're going to continue to delve into this jail topic. Uh, Joe, Joe Jordan will have an interesting perspective on this we kind of been talking about it from the lincoln perspective and so it's not necessarily what the angle joe will will have on this whole thing so it'll be interesting to talk to him how surprised he is that it went down like it did or not surprised uh that he is and what the next steps are for that we're going to count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today with the morning drive that's at 7 35 8 o'clock hour hey our new partners at 10 11 yes Partnering with 1011, you've been here, Brad Anderson on the weather forecast. We're going to bring him on and talk about how ridiculously hot it's going to be today. So that's coming up during the 8 o'clock hour plus. Lauren Cook West instead of John Baylor. Exciting day, 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 708 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 79 degrees in the capital city right now. And going toward another hot, humid day with those heat indices way up in the 100 teens. Uh, but time to uh, talk a little Nebraska news and politics. My goodness, we've had kind of a kind of a busy last week or so in this, and we bring on Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, to break it down with us. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing this morning? Good, Jack. How are you good? We're uh, we are uh, good. Been busy with with stuff to talk about this week so far. Uh, the dis- the announcement on Thursday. About the jail, I think, I mean, it very obviously took a lot of people by surprise, in this community, at least. I, and, and it took me a little bit by surprise as well. I'm curious from you, um, because I have no, I obviously haven't really been through, I don't I don't really recall the process that they went through when they opened the Tecumseh jail, uh, and I don't have a long history of kind of knowing how this happens. 
did you were you surprised that it you know there was just kind of announcement like that this is happening this is where it's going to be we've already gone through the process uh and this is where we are right now or did you expect that it would be more of a kind of steps along the way narrowing it down to certain locations having community meetings those sorts of things which which would have been what you expected to happen with this thing well it certainly came out of the blue that the the, the location had been determined uh, i would have expected uh, as you said earlier some discussion of of potential sites uh, you know for quite some time uh, the discussion was that, this, that the new prison might be somewhere in the in the Ashland vicinity between Omaha and Lincoln. It was it was it's, it's, it was clear for quite some time that that uh, the new prison would they'd, they'd want to have it located in an area where where Omaha could visit and uh, people in Lincoln could visit because the vast majority of the crimes are in those the two largest communities in the state, obviously, and they wanted to have those inmates families able to get to the prison relatively easily right now the the the, the problem became very obvious initially when when Tecumseh was chosen and and a people complained that it was too far from the metro areas and b the workforce problem now the new prison in Lincoln goes a long way towards quote unquote solving the workforce problem because first of all uh, as the governor said during the news conference, they've got 500 employees at the, uh, at the Nebraska State Penitentiary who will be available to go to the new prison. Now, they're going to need another 500 people, but you can see that workforce coming out of Omaha and Lincoln relatively easily. Uh, it's, it's a, it, if you live in Omaha, it's, it's a 45-minute commute to, to the new prison. If you live in Lincoln, it's, you know, it's basically right there. The problem is, and I don't know why... This was done. It, I mean, it was amazing to me that we all know in the, in the, in the world we live in, uh, uh, real estate deals are obviously kept private. But something with this much public input, you would think that there would have somewhere along the line been, uh, quote unquote, a leak or some information indicating yeah. that the prison was going to be in Lincoln. Uh, and then, you know, word would have moved around. But but the governor clearly took everybody by surprise. And it wasn't just the news media. I mean, plenty, as you know, plenty of public officials in Lincoln, Lancaster County were taken by surprise. Uh, and they're now, as I understand it, are now, is there a city councilman in Lincoln that wants a public hearing and, and, a, and, yeah. and other steps taken to figure out what's going on? I'm not all that familiar with that area. I know there's a, <laughs> I know that there's a golf course not far from the that site. Yeah. But in terms of, uh, uh, I know there's there's homes, but they're not like right on top of it. I mean, this new prison would be, I think I think the governor said, uh, or, or the new prison director said, 300 acres is uh, what it's going to take up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a significant size. But I but I presume that I presume that there's neighborhoods accessing it, and you know the old story: who wants to live next to a prison? Right. So um, that's I'm not. I, I would believe this is a done deal, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a question. And, and just for this, I guess the way to explain it from from Lincoln's perspective is this is an area in in Northeast Lincoln. Um, and so there's, if you've gone, you know, if you've come in from Omaha and got off the interstate, you probably come down 84th street usually. Mm-hmm. So right. this is 100, what is it? 112th. So, um, so it's, it's North, uh, or excuse me, it's East of 84th street. 
So it's not like a well-traveled area. It feels like the country, quote-unquote. That said... Mm-hmm. That said, that has been a very quickly growing area of town in terms of residential expansion, and it's definitely expanding to the east. And you can certainly see a scenario where that area where the prison is supposedly going to go is one that would be within a decade or two, one that would be a significant area for residential development. So I, th- I the interesting thing, Joe, is I think... I, I can't. I'm not going to speak for everyone. I'll speak for myself and maybe a few people that I talked to. But I think a lot of people thought that if it was going to be in Lincoln, that it would be a site that is more on the north side of town and probably north of Interstate 80 on on that side. Um, that's that's kind of where I thought this this seems to be an area where. It, it seems to be an area that's not necessarily like an industrial area, right? It seems like one that was going to develop into into neighborhoods, essentially, residential and, and commercial areas, and it's not too far from where a lot of that is happening right now. So I think that goes into the surprise and the reaction of the city of Lincoln. Now, you're right. You've had, uh, you've had a city councilman who's been joined with county commissioners, some of the state legislative delegation, some other leaders who have... Ju- all they basically said, Joe, is to the state is, will you sit down with us and have a town hall at this point? It's not, it's not been a demand to reverse the decision. It's not anything like that. It's simply, we would like the governor to come and have a town hall with us and sort of face the neighborhood, the residents and the business owners in Northeast Lincoln and answer some questions at this point. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the interesting question is, is still like, is, is, are there what changes are there that still can be made here on this? And and I I assume it's locked in at this location, but I guess I don't know for sure. Um, and what other sort of how else, how else can you mitigate? How can you do things to mitigate what the impact is going to be for this neighborhood as well? But they're just you know we don't we don't know what we don't know right now, Joe. And that seems to be quite a lot about this whole process. Well, you know, look at I understand the difficulty. Because this is this the state has has done some backwards things before on this. I mean, you've got two prisons in Nebraska where access is really really difficult. Tecumseh is sort of the gold standard, so to speak, because people complain about all the time. But people forget there's 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 a there's a prison in McCook, and Mm. if you're if you're out there, I mean that's you know that's a six or seven hour drive from Omaha and Lincoln, and. and the reason those places are chosen is because <laughs> nobody wants to live near a prison, so they find these remote areas. And and the governor, they they did find a location that is relatively accessible to I eighty, so that if you're coming from Omaha, uh, if you you know if there's an inmate there and he's part of your family, and you want to visit. It's not that it's not all that uh, difficult to get there, uh, but. Uh, and there's a there's a larger there may be a larger issue here, and that is, uh, and I and we had uh, talked a bit before about talking about some of this. The secrecy in the in the Pillen administration for some people is becoming a problem, uh, journalists and others. And uh, this was, I said, a pretty well kept secret. And now that it's out, and I look at again, I understand real estate deals, and and if if, if word gets out. Property values change and money, you know, mm-hmm. the prices can go up and all those kinds of things. I get it. But you're talking about a public facility paid for by taxpayer dollars 
And at some point, um, the secrecy becomes an issue. And the, and the Pillen administration, uh, you know, going, going back to before he was governor, you know, he wouldn't debate people. Uh, he wouldn't join the debates. He was reluctant to do a lot of interviews with, with various members of the news media and, and news outlets. Uh, there are a couple of outstanding uh, court cases regarding public information that the, the administration uh, is, is, is fighting, or the, actually the attorney general is fighting it, but I'm sort of on behalf of the uh, uh, executive branch. So there's an issue there that, uh, that may be larger than just this prison announcement, which took a lot of people by surprise. There's a lot of other information that, that is becoming difficult to obtain that that a variety of people believe is public information that should be attainable. And 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 that was and the claim is has been this executive privilege essentially and and there's been a lot said and written about that over the last several days and whether or not that is something that can be claimed um for these things you've got you've got people within the administration essentially saying you can you've got people outside of the administration including former governor Dave Heineman that is coming out and saying hey you know this is this is something where we think transparency is important that we we were always careful about that and we we think it should be there as well is is are these issues going to i mean does this look like it's headed down to to again as seems like everything ends up being being resolved in a in, in the judicial branch in a court case taking a look and finding out whether or not this right for executive privilege actually exists or not without a doubt there's already uh it's uh flatwater free press uh who and, and it's the same I think they did the same story regarding this executive privilege issue. There there's some emails they were trying to get their hands on, and they were told they couldn't get them because of executive privilege. They've got a case pending, and a Lancaster County District Court judge ruled in the favor of, the, of this news operation uh, that, that there's uh, some $45,000 that was going to be charged to them for access to some uh, information that they were trying to get their hands on, and they were told, you can get it, but it's going to cost you $45,000. They thought that was way out of line. They went to court. A district court judge in Lancaster County agreed. The state has now appealed, and it's heading to the Supreme Court to decide whether or not this information is going to be uh, available without that price tag attached to it. Uh, <laughs> last year, or I guess earlier this year, Senator Michaela Kavanaugh, whether people like it or not, like her or not, she announced on the floor of the legislature that uh, she was trying to get some information out of uh, DHHS, and uh, she's, a, she's a state senator, and they wrote her back and said, you can have it, but it's going to cost you $65,000. Uh, so, you know, if, if the state of Nebraska years ago put together what a lot of people across the country thought was uh, uh, modernizing the ability to get public information to the public and, uh, and uh, the open records laws and all those things. And it's been it was it was going it's been relatively I think available to to people applying trying to get their hands on this information until the last couple of years when it's become a bit more difficult and uh, I haven't personally had anything lately but uh, there's times when you, you you'll ask for stuff and you'll get it, it'll be heavily redacted uh, or it takes a little bit longer than you think it should to get it uh, but these but these price tags become difficult because you know news organizations you know. A lot of people, I think, think they're flush with cash, but they're not. And to say, here, here, here's your information, but give us $45,000 before you can see it, uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a test. 
Yeah, uh, and I, it, it's going to be interesting because it sounds like they've the the using this executive privilege, uh, while it isn't something that is enumerated in the state constitution, um, while it's not something that's been used a whole lot, it has been used in other states, and there's also a 2017 state Supreme Court case where the court mentions in what lawyers call dicta, mention that this uh, this executive privilege is uh, has been rejected for being overly broad in the past, that the Supreme Court has rejected overly broad claims of executive privilege, which then people are saying, well, this is the Nebraska State, State Supreme Court saying this privilege exists. It's just been rejected in certain cases, but we believe it exists here. And it, you know, it might. I don't know. I don't know. That's this is what I mean. There's a lot of judicially created law out there, and th- this could be that. Even though, even though it's unprecedented and a novel use of it, doesn't necessarily mean that the court's not going to say that it exists in this well, case. And the, and the reality of this is, you know, usually when you hear about the executive privilege fight, we hear about it in terms of the president of the United States right. and, and and Congress, and so the, the president of the United States says executive privilege. Congress says we're going to fight that, so they go to court. Well. You've got two government bodies, you know, with, with lawyers galore, already paid for, sitting there looking for the next, you know, uh, case to come across their desk. They're already taken care of. If, if, if Governor Pillen's office says executive privilege to a news organization, that news organization or, that, or an individual, uh, you know, who, John Smith, you know, in right. <laughs> Broken Bow, um, they have to dig into their own pocket to pay for a lawyer. And, I, and, you know, if it's going to the Supreme Court, it's probably going to cost you $30,000, $40,000 by the time you finish with, with that case. And it's also going to take you a year and a half or two years, at which time how valuable is the information you were trying to get to begin with? Because if you, if you believe what news organizations do, they try to make it something that's newsworthy. So two years right. passes, some things that lost their, lost their value. So it becomes really difficult, and it's easy to be honest with you, it, it's relatively easy for for a, a, a government uh, body, uh, in, the, in this case the Pillen administration, to say executive privilege, and the uh, people on the other side, where do they go? But, right. Mean, it, 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 there's no recourse other than going to court. To because be it's not been developed by case law, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the issue. You almost have to go up through this chain and do it judicially so yeah. that the court speaks on it and says, hey, it exists right or it doesn't exist but if it does exist these are the conditions these are the rules under by which it exists right now because you don't have that and so therefore if you're the executive branch right you just you're going to say we believe this exists we don't have really any judicial limitations uh there's no statute there's no constitutional provision on this but we believe courts have held that it exists so we throw it out now and there's no right or wrong when you can or can't do it that's been established you almost have to have that rule making, that test making set up by the courts to really make this any kind of a system where you're going to have an answer, uh, because right now you just don't, and you have disagreement right. on what the law is essentially. So, uh, real, real quick, back to back to the jail. One more question on that before we let you go here. Um, I I too thought maybe they were going to look at the option of just to kind of avoid the. The, putting it in people's backyards, as many people as they could think, putting it in a more rural spot, but that is sort of equidistant or close to equidistant between Lincoln and Omaha. Um, it's They decided to stay in Lincoln, I think. I don't know what it was exactly, which would be an interesting question. Is it is it concern that the employees, 
the Lincoln employees that are currently working at the state penitentiary weren't going to drive out to, say, Ashland. That was going to be hard to get them to do, and you wouldn't gain enough from Omaha on that to to be able to do that. If it was something more that was about visiting inmates or something like that, which I would think that would be about co-equal for for both of these. I think I think that's true. I mean, I, that that seemed to make sense, but they went away from from that i'm just curious about more you know your specific reaction to that not doing that which i think a lot of people thought might be the likely decision well yeah because i mean i there it had been the, the scuttlebutt had been for quite some time that there would be some location between omaha and lincoln now hard to say where that would be uh we know that we obviously all know that that area is becoming one big at, at some point there's it's going to be one big town between i don't know when that's going to happen specifically but at some point it's all going to be in the same metropolitan area omaha and lincoln in some respects they already are but yeah everybody kind of assumed that there was going to be some location between omaha and lincoln and again the governor kind of think could make a really good argument that that, that they want to keep it in lincoln because of a the workforce situation They've got 500 employees at the state pen, I presume many of which of whom live right in or around Lincoln, and they wanted to have those people available for the new prison. I get that. Uh, this location, as I said before, it's not that far from I-80. So if you're coming from from Omaha to visit someone in, the, in, the, in this new prison, it's not that it's not that much of a, a taxing situation to get there. That makes sense as well. Again, I just go back to the problem is that this was dumped out very quickly in, in, for the, in terms of the, the idea here it is kind of like take it or leave it this right. is what we decided and uh and lots of uh public officials uh were taken by surprise not as most of the general public uh was as well yeah yeah i'd be Again, curious i go back to this issue of it just it's, it seems like the secrecy issue is is, is a maybe the bigger problem here. yeah uh, we, we got it wrong but i'd be curious you know did they talk to the did they talk to employees and say hey would you stay here if we moved here if we moved here if we moved here that'd be that'd be an interesting question for me and maybe we'll get yeah. answers on that down the road all right thank you joe appreciate your insight and we will uh, check in next week all right Take care, Jack. Thank you. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska, 727 on KLIN. Is your business or organization impacted by the latest severe weather? Let Lincoln know by signing up under the closings tab at KLIN.com. Bothgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started with your Morning Drive, beginning with number five. Looks like uh, some news from the uh, Journal Star's Matt Oberding this morning. Uh, Lincoln may be getting some information on this mystery project that's been kind of on the planning table, I guess, for some time on the north side of town up there, 56th and uh, I-80, the northwest corner. Google got a big announcement coming up today, what, in Papillion, I think he said? Yeah, so there's been, obviously, pretty rampant speculation and i think informed speculation in some cases and some digging that's been done on the connection of this project remember the name of the llc was a gate i think that's how you pronounce it or a a gate a gati i'm not sure what it was but that was sort of the name behind this whole thing but there was a whole lot of mystery and secrecy that this whole project has been shrouded in mark this goes back like pre-pandemic, I think, if I recall, this was yeah, I think this was right. a long time ago, and it was it was hot and heavy when it was first announced and discussed, and the secrecy around it, and then 
We didn't hear anything for quite a while on this thing. And so now may be the day where we do find out, A, confirmation on exactly who the company is that is behind this whole thing, potentially. B, exactly what it's going to be. C, what's happened with the timeline. And D, what kind of an impact hiring all of these things might go along with it. So as Matt Olberding reported, he said Google's holding a press event this morning in its data center at Papillion to make an announcement about its plans in Nebraska this year. I'm told the announcement, this is Olberding reported, reporting, will have some significance to Lincoln, so maybe we'll get some data center info. And there were some other projects out there. I mean, that big solar farm to the east yes, was that also... that was a part of it, yeah. Uh, I believe that was a different company, but there was some ties, I understand. So That it might use, that it might supply some right. power, right? And that would may- go along with maybe it. it would be able to supply some power to a new prison. Well, that's what I was just... <laughs> honestly, I, I hadn't thought about connecting these two, but as we talked about yesterday, I had kind of thought if and when you were talking about a prison site in Lincoln, you might talk about more close to where that project is going to be than where they say they're actually going to put it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's any relation, any situation happening here. I kind of doubt it, but who knows? I guess we'll we'll find out about that point. What would Northeast Lincoln say? What would Northeast Lincoln say if uh, Google and the state decided to trade land? Well, I'm sure they'd be happier with a data center, but they still, uh, you know, the the goal that is for that area is uh, residential. Yeah, that's and, true, and not industrial. That's, of that's any true. Type. That's a you're right. That's that's part of the that's a big part of the issue. Although, I think it just would feel would feel a little nicer, feel a little different, just to it, have it not be a prison. But but you know, even even that area north of uh, the Lancaster Event Center, rather than southeast of the Lancaster Event Center, would have been an ideal place too. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I, I it's been a long time coming that we've had any kind of any kind of information on on exactly what's happening here. And there have been times where I've thought, uh, is that even still a is that even still a thing? At this point, but, I've been assured that it is, but it seems been, like, seems like Omaha's had a lot more of these big data centers and the Amazon yeah. distribution thing. And speaking of Papillion, yeah, have you seen the Amazon one when you drive yeah. into Papillion? Yeah. Holy moly, that I thing mean, is a city. It's insane. You take a look at the Google Data Center over there. You look at Oriental Trading down there on Giles yeah. Road. Yep. There's some big uh, facilities. There's, there's a, I think it's a Google one, too, in Council Bluffs. Uh, maybe it's Amazon. I can't remember. Also, just and hum- Facebook humongous. Is, Facebook's got big campus in uh, the Omaha greater metro area. All right, moving on. Number four. Hot. I'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hot, hot. LPS uh, <laughs> announced last night outdoor activities, athletic activities not going to be held today and tomorrow. They'll reassess for Thursday, Friday. This this uh, wet bulb thermometer temperature. I watched a count. video on that. It's interesting. It takes into a, a, the sunlight, uh, the angle of the sun, the relative humidity, the winds, the temperature, a whole bunch of things. So uh, the guidelines on that national weather service put out a, a new graphic this morning and i just posted that about 15 minutes ago at klin.com so you can actually go look at what the wet bulb temperature uh criteria are and when it hits these different color coding so 89.9 degrees or above is the black 
according to that website. It's really hard because nobody knows what these numbers mean, like <laughs> off the top of their head. That's right, yeah. Like 89, that sounds not too bad. But that's all that actually is. Well, I, I, should, I should go take a look at that graphic. Yeah, the graphic will, will help, but they need some... Yeah, they they ought to just do it by color only or something instead of throwing the numbers that are out there for people to get used to it and kind of understand what it means if they're going to actually use it. I'll, I'll say this about yesterday. Okay, this might be controversial. I mean, it certainly is not pleasant, and I certainly am ready to be out of this sort of heat wave that's going on. But when I heard, like, okay, 119 degree heat index, like, it felt hot, but... I expected that to just be absolutely brutally horrendous. And it was, I mean, it was definitely not good. The humidity made you sweat just a ridiculous amount, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little tough or something. Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> is that, that could be what it is. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not good. I wouldn't want to be working or taking a jog out in this, that sort of thing, but... I don't know. I guess I thought it would and be And a worse. reminder in this, when you're out, and if you are out, uh, be kind to your pets. You know? This, the, the heat really can do a number on pets. Yes. Especially, and even just walking on cement or black. Yeah. Oh, it's, I need a good excuse not to walk my dog today, so thank you, Mark. That will be... That would be good. No, I mean, I, I mean, you heard about the, the what was it, a three-year-old in Omaha that got yeah, left in a van terrible. yesterday? Just terrible, absolutely terrible with that whole thing. So yeah, be be incredibly careful with, with all of those things for sure. I don't mean to, I don't mean to minimize any of those dangers that go along with it, or the, or obviously the impacts it can have if you're outside doing physical activity as well. On that, so be careful out there. And, and by the way, just for the record. To the extent I'm being tough now, I lose all of that toughness come January and February about the weather <laughs> because I am a bona fide wuss when it comes to cold weather. Okay? I okay. even it out. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Moving on. Aren't you glad it's not snowing? Number three. Yeah, I am. I would. I mean, I mean, in all honesty, I'd still rather have this than that. You, I would real still much rather have this than... Can you imagine having to shovel snow in this heat? <laughs> Several members. I don't need to. I got a working snowblower now. (laughs) Several members of the Lincoln City Council, Lancaster Board of Commissioners, Nebraska Legislature sent a letter to the governor. uh, Concerns about the location of the new prison. Uh, Councilman uh, James Michael Bowers penned the letter, signed by the 11 others, inviting the governor to a town hall September 21st in uh, Northeast Lincoln. Uh, They're still not happy about not being involved. So. This is signed by James Michael Bowers, uh, State Senators Danielle Conrad, Jane Raybould, City Councilman Sandra Washington, uh, City Councilman Justin Carlson, County Commissioner Rick Vest, Roma Amundsen, Christy Yoakum, Brody Weber also, City uh, Councilman Benny Shobe, City Councilman, another State Senator George Dungan, and Kathy Martinez, Northeast. She's listed as Northeast Lincoln leader. Um, Yeah, I mean... This is kind of a. This is this is not a real aggressive ask. I don't think. No. This is simply. Can you come and answer some questions to the people who are impacted by this? This is not reconsider. This is not reconsider. This is not. This process was flawed. You need to redo the entire process that went through. This is simply. Hey, 
we would like you to come to this meeting. That's not asking too much in this situation, I don't think. At all. Not, At unless, all. not unless there was more discussion with City uh, prior and when they uh, declined to sell. We don't know how extensive those discussions were at right. this point, and probably never will. Right. Yeah. That. It sounds like the city was the only non-state entity that had any idea that this was going on, to be honest, including many people within state government that didn't know this was going on, right? Because they got the notification yep. when they were asked to sell. Right. Sell the land. Uh, they were the one, the one place that word kind of got out on this whole thing was in that discussion. So... We'll see what the governor says on that. Another good reminder, Mark, uh, the governor is going to be on the uh, call-in show coming up next Monday, correct? Next Monday, 2 p.m. It's the statewide broadcast uh, call-in show uh, by the Nebraska Broadcasters Association. It's going on for, what, like 35, almost 35 years, I believe, that the governor's been doing this. Not Governor Pillen, but governors in general. Governors in that we Ben Nelson do it. Bob Carey did it. I mean, you can go all the way. Go all the way back. And you can the, uh, call governors. in on the same phone number that you get a hold of our show here, 402-479-1400. Going to guess, Mark, a lot of, uh, lot of prison talk on I think there'll be on Monday. I think there'll be some prison talk. There will most likely be this uh, executive privilege that, yeah. uh, that, that the governor and or his staff. I think we'll also hear from uh, some questions about uh, the attorney general's uh, actions. Lately, yep. so. And he's just coming up from being on the border as well. So, probably yep. some stuff on that as well. Do your dad dumb job, like he said. <laughs> Still stealing his swears from Tom Osborne. Sad. <laughs> Number two. I mean, I guess, I guess it's not surprising given their history. But yes, Nebraska state constitutional officers getting a shake up a little bit. A state agency selected uh, Treasurer John Morante as its next director to head the uh, Nebraska Public Employees Retirement Program. Okay, he just got reelected state treasurer, did he not? It was yes, just he did. A, a few months ago. Then this job opens up, and the the director of what is the what is the name? It's the state retirement agency. So it's the this is essentially the 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 they oversee the Nebraska public employees retirement systems. So they administer the state state retirement plans on for all of the many many state employees at this point. So it's a big job. A lot of money pays like a big job too. He, uh, according to, according to the figures that are out there, his constitutional salary is state treasurer versus what the previous director was making at this job. He could be looking at about a, about a hundred thousand dollar raise. Possibility exists. Yeah. So his office, the state treasurer, pays eighty five thousand, which seems a little low to me. Listen, I'm you, yeah. I mean, you don't have to convince me to. To make sure you are paying, paying in a way for even government positions to make sure that you are attracting the best possible people to do them. I am, I've been in that camp for a long time, and I know there are people who disagree with, with that. But yeah, perhaps that is the case as well. So maybe, uh, maybe looking for a new state treasurer already has made some significant appointments here just in the last couple of weeks as well. So yeah. might have another one on his desk right now. All right, uh, let's finish things out with number one. Users of X, formerly known as Twitter. Nobody calls it X. (laughs) They'll be no longer able to block comments from unwanted followers. Uh, Elon Musk Friday said eliminating what's long been viewed as a key safety feature, blocking only available for direct messages. 
Come on, Elon. So I don't think Come he can on, actually man. do this. Well, yeah. It, there are, don't the Google and Apple app stores have requirements that to be on their app store you have to do he could do it you just might have to leave the app stores yeah yeah he could do it then he would just have to only be in a browser right which is not going to be doable which for, will kill for your app. user yeah, base will definitely not be 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 uh, going for the app but man i think one of the big reasons this is me speculating a little there might be multiple reasons for it but at least i think part of the reasons is is it impacts ad revenue when there are people who, if you get rid of all of those blocks immediately, that changes the eyes on ads right right away. Mm-hmm. And it bumps up the revenue that comes from ads right off the bat, just simply by canceling, if, if that's what they do, is canceling all the blocks. Now, I will also say, of all of the things that have been changed at Twitter, I don't know, maybe you don't agree with me on this, Caleb. I'm curious what you think. Of all of the things that they've changed on Twitter... Now, now known as X, I think this will drive the most people away. Just because there is no end. And yeah, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I've certainly got. I have blocked people on Twitter when it's got to a to a level where I really don't like it, or it's uncomfortable, or mm-hmm. for it's for my own mental health. To be honest, where I've done it and. I'll be disappointed that I can't do it as well. And I, I think there are also some people who even have some more serious concerns than that if this actually happens. Now, I don't... Uh, there have been a lot a lot of things floated out there that either took a long time to happen or didn't happen. So I'm not quite reacting as if this is definitely going to happen yet. But this... I think of the decisions that have been made, this might be the one that impacts the most people to try and look at other options. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I hope not. I don't want... I don't want people to go to other options. <laughs> Right, yeah, there, there, there remains the availability to use the mute button, so yeah. you don't. Re- but that doesn't stop people from interacting with stuff. And there, there are some, there are some folks that just take things too far. They get too right. toxic with things, and it's just much easier to say, "Hey, zero interaction yeah. with that account." And then I always, you know, what always happens when I mute people? It still sh- shows up in at least some of the formats it used. It says this comment has been muted, and you're like, "Ooh, all right, well now, Ooh, well, you telling me I." Now, I, now I'm more curious. Now I'm more yeah. curious what it is, and then I'll click on it to read it, and I'm like, "What am I doing? This is I wanted to mute this. This is my <laughs> fault." And then I end up, and then I realize, "Oh yeah, that person is a jerk," and now I'm in an <laughs> argument with them, and all of all of that whole thing. So we'll see. Come on, Elon. All I'm keep the place alive. Keep the lights on there, man. Keep people going there. I just want please. Facebook. Facebook to put their stuff in chronological order. Oh God, that's I mean that's my take. I have, I've, and, I've given up, on and that. I don't don't know why. But all I get anymore are ads. Uh, I've, I've been done scrolling Facebook for a long time. I use it just to. I posted a picture on it last night. My daughter and I went to that Pink concert. I actually put because I still do, still still do like to see the likes and the comments piling up when I post pictures of my kids. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, though. That is basically my only purpose, non-work purpose for, for Facebook anymore. So, all right, I think that's it. That is it for our sound off. It's brought to you. Uh, it's a morning drive, actually, and it's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. All right, we're going to grab a break right now. We've got eighty degrees, humid conditions in the capital city. Back after this on LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, boy, Nebraska, pitch yourselves. What a rally. The Huskers poured it on. It's 11-4 in the first. Think 1,499-3, KLIN. 
live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, welcome back on a Tuesday morning, 81 degrees in the capital city. On our way to a high today, around 103, heat index 113. Every day gets a little bit better. I mean, not a lot, but a little bit better. Today's going to have a high of the heat index that the forecast holds. It's about six degrees. And I use scare quotes to say this word. Six degrees cooler than it was yesterday. And then yesterday drops another two degrees on the heat index scale down to more like 111 instead of 113. And then Thursday, goodness sakes, down to 108. Might want to pack a hoodie along when you uh, when you get ready. And the uh, the dew point on Thursday doesn't even get over Thursday or Wednesday don't even get over 70. So it's definitely going to be a dry heat on drier heat, I should say, on those two days. We're going to talk to Brad Anderson here in just a little bit from our new partners over there at 1011, mm-hmm. KOLN, KGIN. And uh, there are, are going to be our weather partner. So you've already heard some of the forecasts from Brad. You'll hear forecasts from uh, from some of the different weather staff. Uh, that is over there at 1011 as well. And so we'll talk to him just a little bit about that and about what's going on with a really interesting weather situation right now. Now, I put in my resume spot, my application for data of the year last year i don't know if it's gonna be enough but my my daughter is at an age where she is very interested in going to concerts music pop music concerts are a big very big thing i think she's got friends that are going and live events she's yeah she is very interested in that which that's come up very quickly and of my wife and myself that's more my scene than it is my wife so she uh so she she wanted to go see uh, Pink in in Omaha about a month ago. Knew that concert was coming. She said she would she would like to go, so um, made it work. Acquired tickets and sounded like a good idea. What I did not what I did not think about or did not know at the time. I, I'm sure I went over the fact that it was on a Monday night, but I didn't actually think about that. So on a Monday night. And none of us could have foreseen that we were going to be walking into the concert while, I, I don't know what the heat index in Omaha was, but at the moment we were walking into the concert, it was 119 in Lincoln, tied for the second highest that it's been in like a decade. And I'll tell you what, walking around the hallways, the concourses of the Charles Schwab baseball field, that thing, it, that was disgusting. <laughs> okay. Like the uh, the the just the volume of sweat and and seeing people in public with sweat marks on their clothing in, in various places, it was it was unpleasant to say the least. Once it got dark, once the breeze got going, um, it was a little better out there. But well, good. Nonetheless, I'm glad. So. You showered from last night to this I morning. Did. I have. Good. I did. Good. I did. Uh, and I was uh, talking about Brad Anderson just a little bit ago from our uh, our new weather partners over there at uh, 1011. And he joins us right now. 
but hey, Brad, a uh, heck of a heck of a few days here to get started with our uh, with our weather partnership. I guess it's significant. We got stuff to talk about, huh? Yeah, definitely a lot of things to talk about. Uh, you know, we had a record high on Saturday, which was 104. That kind of started things off. You know, <laughs> Sunday was a little cooler, but extremely humid. But then yesterday we hit 102. Not a record. The 104 was the record yesterday. That's safe. But I do think we have a chance to break a record this afternoon. The record 103 set back in 1948. And I think we're going to hit 104 this afternoon. Yay! <laughs> um, good, good job, everybody. <laughs> it's so exciting. We, we did it. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm curious, you know, obviously I know you're talk, we're talking about record-breaking temperatures and, and uh, heat index, indexes that are way up there, but you've got, you've got a lot of experience. Just how rare is this sort of stretch that we are going through right now and what you've seen in Lincoln? Well, you know, several days of 100-plus uh, is somewhat rare. I mean, we have to go back to 2012 when we had five days in a row of 100-plus, and right now the forecast calls for four days in a row, you know, starting yesterday and going through uh, at least Thursday at this point. So, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, and the last time we topped 105, uh, we have to go back to 2006, where we had a high that year of 108. So every once in a while we do get these heat waves. We usually think the heat waves in July, but August, you know, it still can happen, and here we are, the second week of school, of course, for LPS, and yeah. now we're talking about uh, hot temperatures. I will say that uh, the dew points have been a little bit more impressive. That's something for me that uh, I've been interested in, because, yeah, we have hot, humid conditions. Sometimes, you know, even triple-digit heat, we have the humidity, but we've had dew points in the Lincoln area in the upper 70s and lower 80s. In fact, yesterday at one point at 11 o'clock, the dew point in Lincoln, at the airport anyway, 81, and that doesn't happen very often, so you want to know what a tropical jungle feels like. That's what we've had so, for the last several days. So that, I, I assume, Brad, is why the heat index the heat index numbers that were hit for tomorrow are actually higher than what's forecast for today and Wednesday and Thursday, correct? Yeah, that's right. See, basically the heat index, it's, it's an apparent temperature. It's a feeling. I know some people kind of ask, well, why don't you just say what the heat index is? And we still have to actually do the air temperature, you know, to go in the book. So 104 is the actual temperature. But when you add humidity, it basically means our bodies are working harder to keep us cool because evaporation, the process of evaporating sweat is actually a cooling process. So the hotter, the more humid it gets, the more moisture in the air, it's harder for that sweat to evaporate. So therefore, the body has to work even harder to try to keep cool. So that's why we talk about the danger of especially high humidity because, yeah, you know, maybe 104, but your body thinks, you know, it's 115 and is trying to work to keep that comfortable temperature. So, uh, yeah, you know, you talk about the dry heat. Yeah, that's still hot. That can still be bad. But yeah, when you talk about 100 degrees, a dew point of 80, that's when it starts to feel like 115 and 120. Well, I know it's not going to be nice out there. Today and tomorrow, but I do see the dew point uh, the, we're in the mid late afternoon will be more like 71, 72 today. Tomorrow, more like 68, 69, at, the, at least the hour by hour that I'm looking at. Uh, I know it's not going to be nice, but you think that'll feel make it feel significantly different? I think it will be better. I, I wouldn't say we have to get out of the danger zone, but right. you're exactly right. I mean, uh, dew points, a little bit drier air going to try to work its way in from the southwest, so that should lower the dew points again to maybe the lower 70s today, 60s for the next couple of days, Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday. So yes, it may not feel as humid, but another thing about drier air is actually temperatures can warm faster in drier air. It takes a lot more energy to warm 
humid air. So with the drier air, we might actually see the temperature a little bit higher, 104 today, but I wouldn't be surprised to see 105 or 106 tomorrow and still around 104, 103, 104 on Thursday. So yeah, we may lose some of the humidity, but we may actually see the air temperature go up a bit. So yeah, the bottom line is it's still going to be miserable for the next couple of days, even if the dew point uh, falls into the 60s. So if it does get to 106, you're saying it hasn't been up there since 2006. Is that right? That's that's uh, the year. That's the first year I went on radio here. So yeah, we had a high in 2012. That was a pretty hot summer. We had a high of 105 that year. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think we have to go back to 2006 before we saw something higher than that, which was a. Uh, I believe in July of 2006, where it got up to 108. Wow. So, Caleb, I can say it's the hottest day since I've been on radio. Perhaps, perhaps if that, if that happens. Yes, yes, yes. I guess that's exciting. Hey, I want to I want to ask you, Brad, and I don't know how much you know about about this kind of technology, but it's all over the news this week. The wet bulb globe temperature, I, as I understand, it's a measure of heat stress in direct sunlight. This is what a lot of the schools are using right now to kind of make a determination on whether or not activities are safe. Uh, what do you know about this and what can you tell about us about how this actually works? Well, again, you know, you talk about, you know, they're trying to factor a lot of things in there to basically, you know, as you mentioned, the heat stress on the body, what it takes for the body to cool down. And of course, if you're exercising, you know, that makes it even worse. So uh, it's basically the there's a, a wet bulb temperature that we use. And basically, what I know about that is you have a regular temperature, which measures the air temperature. And then you have the wet bulb, which you actually put like a little wick with some water on it. And then the evaporation it gives you the evaporation. Of course, with the wet bulb, the evaporation is slow because it's it's wet, and if it's really humid, it evaporates even slower. So that gives you you a wet bulb depression, and then it kind of figures out the dew points, and it kind of all factors into uh, the heat index. And again, uh, they're adding the sunlight, too. Obviously, if you're out in the direct sunlight during this, it's even going to feel worse uh, because of the the energy there. So yeah, that's they're factoring everything, and not just the heat and the humidity, but also the factor that you're more than likely going to be out in the sun. So yeah, they have to look at all that stuff, too. Yeah. to make sure that they're safe. I know it's being more widely used schools, but OSHA, military, stuff like that are, are using it a lot. All right, before I let you go, and I'll get you off here, Brad, uh, I, I thought at least we should we should let you end on a positive note. Like, this is going to end sometime, I assume. Uh, when, when are we looking at that? Are we thinking Friday it's going to feel significantly different? And just how different are we getting into in the days ahead after the heat stretch is over? Yeah, I think Friday will be a better day. I think we still hit 92. I mean, whoever thought that we'd say 92 is going to be cool and comfortable. But, yeah, 92 on Friday, probably going to still be a bit humid. Uh, There's a slight chance for a storm, but I do think over the weekend it'll be a lot better. About 84 on Saturday and then 81 on Sunday. There is a slight chance for a shower thunderstorm. I know the Lincoln Air Show will be going on, so it'll be much more comfortable. I mean, can you imagine trying to have the air show with the temperatures like this? It'd be crazy. But we do have relief on the way and I think it'll be much nicer for the upcoming weekend. 81, that sounds delicious. By the way, that's what it is on the temperature that I've got right now. So this would be your high temperature and probably yeah. less humid too. Yeah, so. I have 82 here at the 1011 Studios with the feel-like temperature heat index of 93. So I don't, <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. be much better by Friday. That will be great. Hey, Brad, we're really excited about the partnership and, and hopefully we can get you on. The, I know you have busy mornings, busy noon hours, but hopefully we can get you on occasionally on the show because we always appreciate the work that you do over there and look forward to talking some more, all right? You bet. That sounds fantastic. All right. There you go. Brad Anderson from 1011 and uh, does a meteorologist over there. Been there since. I was just looking it up. He's been there since 1995.
All right. Talk about some media stalwart. You're doing the you're doing the old media longevity rankings, and all of a sudden I start getting high and mighty about how high I'm up in that thing. And Brad Anderson's like, you were still in high school, man, <laughs> when I got started at ten eleven. And then and then Shimmick's like, yeah, well, guess what? I started twenty, you know, twenty <laughs> years prior to you. And I don't think it's quite twenty, but it would be in that. It wouldn't be far from that whole thing. You're making so. it sound. You're making it sound like Shimmick's been anyway. So in the uh, in the Pacific theater looks like the weather today <laughs> yeah he's been he, he's been uh he's been knocking them out since a long time ago and brad might be i don't know brad might be up there at number he could be up there number two in the media longevity rankings here in the lincoln nebraska market i guess if you're including uh if you're including print media you might get a, a steve sipple up there as well mm-hmm. He's he was there. He would have been there as well. But I think you're pretty much talking ninety five. If you're talking ninety five, you're talking Brad Anderson. You're talking Shimmick. You're talking Sipple. Uh, Channel Eight, I think, started in ninety six. I want to say so. I think you get Fowler in there. Okay, in ninety six because he was the original anchor there in Channel Eight in ninety six, and everybody's off of radio from that era. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure pretty much everybody, at least in terms of yeah. There, there are a few people who have moved around the state and who are still bopping around a little bit that that you could correct me on. But, yeah, the radio, we don't have the longevity that the TV no. and the paper do. You get into Central Sad. Nebraska, Seth Denny, been there forever. Yeah. Forever at MTV. Yeah. TV, on TV. On TV. Is this a uh, weather guy? Uh, or news or news anchor? Uh, I think he's weather, but I know he's done news. Okay. I can't remember 100%. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched MTV back, back in my neck of the woods. Well, but, but yeah, when you go radio, there 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 have been a lot of changes since then. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's a few of us there's a few of us that are coming up on on twenty, but not many, or who have gotten to twenty, but uh, not a whole lot, not a whole lot. So interesting stuff there. All right, well, relief is coming Friday, guys. We got to get through it a little bit better every day. Let's accentuate the positive. Every day is going to be a little less humid. Even though the temperature is going to go up, every day is going to be a little less humid. Going to get a little bit more breeze. And then, did you hear that? Sunday. Sunday, I have 81. Yes. Burn that pumpkin spice candle. Do it. Burn it. Make some hot cider, you coward. <laughs> All right, it's 825. We'll take a break. Caleb's got to check your sports coming up after this. You're listening. Oh, by the way, we've got Lauren Cook West coming up here. Uh, she's going to send in for John Baylor for his interview spot today at 835. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Talk Nebraska volleyball. Somebody who actually played the game. And do you think she'll, she'll know anything about a setter battle? Yeah, she will be great. <laughs> great to talk about that. She's always a very fun guest. Uh, that's coming up in about 10 minutes. Again, you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Join the conversation and stay in the know. We need to prevent gun violence like the shootings in Texas. KLIN, Lincoln. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. So it's volleyball match week, right? I know there's been a lot of focus, rightfully so, on the game that is going to be in Memorial Stadium. But there but there's are, three there, ahead of that. There are matches <laughs> this coming weekend for volleyball. And, you know, with, with, with John Baylor's busy schedule, right, helping helping kids pass the ACT, 
Sometimes he's got to he's got to go have meetings or um, go go uh, do whatever he does, and and so he was available unavailable to come on today. And I was like, we got to talk volleyball today. And you know who it's been a long time since we've had on is John Baylor's partner, who you're going to be able to hear on Broadcast House Networks, including select games here on KLIN. Lauren Cook West, former Husker and the color voice of Nebraska volleyball. Lauren, welcome back to LNK today with Jack and friends. How you doing this morning? Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me on. It's always an honor to chat with you. And I'm not as busy as JB with, you know, attending meetings and helping kids pass the ACT. I'm just trying to potty train my toddler. (laughs) And how is that going, by the way? How is that going? Because that was several years ago for me, but that moment at about two years old when it happened was momentous. Very exciting. I I need a vacation. (laughs) This is tough. You, You think, you know, playing volleyball at Nebraska is hard? Oh, just wait till you get to, you know, become a mother and have to potty train kids. That's what Coach Cook needs to be talking to the girls about. I was going to say, can't you just call Grandpa up for some kind of a pep talk, right? Or put together, like, doesn't he have, like, a PowerPoint he can bust out or something that would be motivational? What's so funny is we we do our little podcast, Kicking Back with the Cooks, and we were taught, that was one of the confessions on there. And so I was asking him, I said, you know, who, who potty trained me? Was it you or was it mom? He said, Lauren, it was definitely not me. And I said, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's the best prom- promo for a podcast I've ever heard. Uh, yep. you, you can hear uh, Lauren ask dad who potty trained her and really get the truth finally on that whole thing. Uh, well, I think Lauren and I had interacted on Twitter a long time ago about trying to figure out why the heck we still can't get Nebraska volleyball onesies. Oh, that's right. Did you guys ever yeah. make any headway on that? It's a million-dollar idea. Why haven't we done that's it? true. Yeah. It, it needs to be done, but no one has it. However, I did find, I reached out on Twitter, some random woman messaged me who I'm now friends with. She's great. And she she put together, like, she made these custom shirts. I, I picked the font. They say um, Huskers on the front or Nebraska Volleyball. And then on the back, it says Papa and the number zero. And it's like, it, it's, they're the cutest things. And sweatshirts, t-shirts, so I just did my own, I went my own custom route. Very nice, and I'm sure totally officially licensed too, so that's good as well. Uh, (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) All right, Lauren, I'm curious how, you know, you've you've obviously had a chance to see the red-white match, and and you've obviously talked to to people, including Coach Cook and and others, about this this match. You've got some knowledge of the players that were in before, but there's a lot of new faces as well. How good going into this first weekend of match do you feel like you've got a handle on what this team is and what it could be? I, there's a lot of talent, and, and everyone keeps saying, you know, they're so young, there's so much turnover, and that's definitely true. But the other thing that I've heard in response from the team is 137 hours, and I don't know if you've heard that, Jack, but I guess they came up with that number um, working with a, a sports psychologist, and, and it's the amount of hours that they all have cumulative over time that they've played volleyball. Um, so. It, you have to remember, this young group, they've played with Team USA, they've played club, they've played high school, then they've also been here since January. And they've gone to Brazil, they went through a beach season, they've gone through an indoor spring season. So they've, even though it's a lot of new faces and we'll, we'll have new, a new brand new lineup out on the court um, and a lot of young faces, they do have that experience. And that settles me. I don't have as much anxiety beginning this season than I do in past seasons because 
we do have that experience. And I think it's, it's just fresh talent out there. And that's what we need. We needed a refresh, um, especially after the, those COVID years where some players you know, stuck around and yeah. decided to take their COVID seasons. And so this is just, it's exciting. Um, there, I think Coach Cook has some really difficult decisions and the rest of the coaching staff on who the starting lineup is going to be. And um, I have my prediction if you want me to yeah. put that over the air. But I think bottom line is whoever is starting and whoever the starting lineup is this weekend, I don't know if that's going to be consistent throughout the rest of the season. And no matter what, there's this, the amount of talent on the bench, there's someone that will come off the bench. If you're having it, you're a starter and you're having an off night or an off day in a match, someone's going to come in off the bench and sub in for you and be able to play for you. And that's the beauty of going back to a five, one. Remember last year we were in, yep. in that six, two with the two setter system. And now we're in a back to a five, one with, which is a one setter system, which means there's more substitution. So the coaching staff has the ability to, you know, if someone's having an off night to really bring in a new player and um, give the team, you know, an extra boost. Yeah, let's get into that personnel a little bit because there's several, you know, sort of questions about who's gonna who's gonna win out, who's gonna get the playing time. I think the the biggest one that gets conversation is Setter, but there are more than that. Who do you think who do you think is out there when things get started here this weekend? If I were betting, which I still don't think is, it's definitely not legal for volleyball, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, we've got a casino in Lincoln now, but I don't think they've yeah. got volleyball lines there. And they can't, if it's in the state of Nebraska, if it's out, they could technically, I guess. But, we'll, but we'll say this. If I was, a, if I was an assistant coach, here's yes. who I would tell Coach Cook should be the starting lineup. Okay. Uh, I would put Bergen Riley at Sutter. I think she proved in the red-white scrimmage, she, she's very consistent. She's super quiet and you kind of forget that she's out there, but her, her court awareness, she's just, she's so in tune with what's going on, what the opposing block and D is doing. She knows who to, when to set, which hitter, where to put those, you know, each hitter, each hitter, even though it's, you're setting, you know, the outside, two outsides hit two different balls. So you're still setting the outside pin, but you're setting a different ball to, depending on who that outside is. So she just knows her court awareness. She's a really, she has a really high volleyball IQ. So I think Bergen Riley is your starting setter, and I think that's going to be true the rest of the season. Uh, hmm. Then you have the middles. That was another big question mark. And I think Becca Alec, she she has the most experience out of the three middles. So I think she'll definitely be a starter out there, and she should be. She knows the Big Ten. She's been around. She's she also um, it, when you go back to a five-one, you lose in three rotations. You go down to two hitters in the front row mm. or two attackers. You lose your third attacking option because the setter has to rotate to the front row. So you really need to be able to have a middle who can run behind the setter and attack behind the setter gotcha. uh, to to spread out the block. So Becca's really good off of one leg. We call it a slide attack. Yep, and uh, she's. She's probably one of the best players or best middles on the team who can attack that slide attack. So that's crucial in a five one. So I think she'll be out there. And then this may be a surprise, but I think Andy Jackson, she, if you, she was on every winning side in the red, white scrimmage and they were rotating the middles each mm. set and Andy Jackson won every single set. So I think she'll be a starter out there, even though she's, she's young, she's very athletic and you need a middle who's athletic, who can move side to side for blocking and, um, and who can run off of one leg when attacking. So I think it will be Becca and Andy in the middle. Then on the outside, this is the other big question mark. Harper Murray, 
I mean, how do you, how do you keep her off the court? She, she was, was legit that. That was my biggest yeah. takeaway from Saturday night was I didn't oh, yeah. know that she was somebody I hadn't seen a lot of. And I've got a tweet. I'm looking at it right now that evening. All it says is Harper Murray is legit in all caps. <laughs> Are you still on your Dream Crusher season kick? That'll start when the season gets going. Yeah, that's a, that's an ongoing shtick by me. That's correct, yes. She, she is a Dream Crusher. Yes! Just, she is going to pop a volleyball with how hard she attacks. <laughs> so yes! Certified you, Dream Crusher. I love it. Yeah, cer- Certified Dream Crusher. There you go. So she's definitely out there. And then the other player, I think, we saw Allie Batenhorst on the red side, which traditionally is, is the starting lineup yep. side. But I think Lindsey Krause outperformed Allie Batenhorst. So I think we're going to see Lindsay Krause out there. Lindsay is also just a competitor. She reminds me of Hannah Worth. I don't know if you, yep. you guys remember back in the day, I Hannah do. Worth, but she, she just competes. And I, I think you have to have someone like that out on the court. And um, I think also Lindsay struggles with passing. Some people probably saw that in the red, white scrimmage, but you have to remember Laney Choboy, mm-hmm. she'll be coming in and playing back row three rotation for Lindsay Krause. So you'll have Laney back there passing, playing defense, who at times to me, she looks better than Lexi Rodriguez, which stop. I thought was impossible. Stop. Stop. You I can't know. say that on this station. We're going <laughs> to <No>. dump that. <laughs> Lexi, no, Lexi is, is one of the best, but there were times where Laney looked better. So she's a libero. She's a starting libero like anywhere else, right? Oh, in the country? Absolutely. And okay. she knew that. She knew that committing to Nebraska. Right. So That's she, crazy. She wants to be here. Yeah. Um, so Okay. So you have the outside, yep. middles, and then obviously Merritt Beeson on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll play. That'll be fun to watch because I can't remember the last time we had a right side who played all the way around, all six rotations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you may have Maisie Bosinger coming in and as a serving sub for one of the middles. Okay. And then obviously Lexi Rodriguez at Libero, and I think that's the whole lineup. And you 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 said this earlier. You you feel like though this might be it. It, it might be a case of hey, we'll tr- we got people close enough in these battles that maybe you're going to see this toyed with a little bit during the course of the year. Just because you're a starter on Friday, this coming Friday, doesn't mean you're going to be going forward. Absolutely. Is that right? I, my prediction is we won't have a uh, start consistent starting lineup until Big Ten play. I think it's going to take the the entire preseason for everyone to figure this out. And hopefully by Big Ten, we have it figured out because I, I think consistency is really important, especially with these younger players of who you're going to be playing next to, who you're passing next to, who you're attacking off of, who you're blocking next to. It's, you need some consistency. And we can't have a season like last season where we were constantly changing up the lineup because it's, it's just confusing to these girls and it's tough to make those adjustments. So I think it will take a couple of weeks, but I, I think that uh, we'll, we'll eventually have a, a consistent starting lineup by the start of Big Ten play. I'm curious if there, you know, as you kind of look at last year, and, and correct me if you if you think I'm wrong on this, but it felt like the team was incredibly solid defensively, but the the offense wasn't always there to the championship level that you needed it to be, and that's kind of I think where you're going to have to have more success this year. When you look at this new lineup, when you look at the new faces, is there enough of a, a more of an offensive orientation to make a significant change on that? I think so. I think Bergen Riley's the real deal. I'm, I mean, I'm a stutter, so I'm very critical, especially on our broadcast. I, I really um, am, am critical of the stutters and how they're setting and their placement and who they're setting to. And I, I think that she, that the red white scrimmage on Saturday was, I felt like I wasn't critiquing the stutters that often, which it's been a while since I've 
I've yeah. done that. And she just, she, again, she has a high volleyball IQ. She knows where to set the ball. She's very consistent in her sets. She doesn't miss a lot. Um, I think she missed two total sets from, from Saturday and they were back sets to Merritt Beeson on the right. She just trapped setter, um, which, which means she put her a little too, too tight on the net, a little too close to the block and Merritt got blocked. But those are small adjustments that Bergen can make over time. She's also aggressive. She's not afraid when she's in the front row to go up and, and throw over a setter attack. She's a good blocker. She's, I believe she's listed at 6'1", um, which is pretty tall for a setter. Mm-hmm. So she can block. She can play defense. She can serve. She, I think she had four service aces. Um, so she, not only with, in terms of setting and running an offense, and, in, and in, we always talk about even distribution when it comes to offense. She runs an evenly distributed offense where she's setting the outsides as much as the right sides, and both middles are getting the same amount of sets. And that's, I mean, no one's telling her in the match, like, hey, you set Becca Alec 10 times right. and Andy Jackson only eight times. So you need to set Andy two more times. It's just, you, as a setter, you just feel that. And she has that. And, uh, but not only with setting it, she can do it all. She, and, and she is a setter. You have to be able to, cause you're playing, most setters are playing all six rotations. You have to be able to serve. You have to be able to play defense. You have to be able to block. You have to be able to, you know, be aggressive when you're in the front row. So the opposing block indeed respects you. And then that opens up holes for your pin hitters. So she, she can do it all. And then on top of that, she's just a really smart setter and she doesn't miss often. She's very consistent. And I just think that she's going to take this offense to another level we you, you mentioned it you know, we we can play defense we know yeah. we have a great defensive team but can we get there offensively and i think bergen's going to be the one who's going to take us there just an aside on saturday i like talking to setters because like like you talk about all the positions in sports where you've got to make quick decisions you think of you know the quarterback in in football or a baseball a player swinging i I, I did a podcast with Nicklin Hames last year, and I had her take me through like the three seconds between when the ball's passed and when that set gets off your fingers. And you guys are processing like it, it like it's like a supercomputer in your head. The things that you're right. processing in those three seconds. And then, not only are you having to process things in your head, you're also using your peripheral vision to figure out, okay, what's the opposing block right. of defense? Doing? Where is you're everybody? Trying to look out of the side of your eye, then you're trying to look out the other side of your eye, like okay, where are my hitters at? Are they in place? Are they, and then you're trying to listen. What are they, what set are they calling for? Oh. Are they ready? So, I mean, there's, there's so many things going on and, and you, you're right. You have to be able to process that all so fast. And again, Bergen can do that. And she does it in a really calm demeanor and um, makes it look easy. Well, in trying to do that, how tough is that to do at 18 versus having to do that at 20, 21, 22? Well, you definitely get more experience as you go. I mean, that's obvious, but she, she's, and this goes back to what I mentioned earlier. She's played at some of the highest levels. She's played with team USA. She's played in club championships. I mean, she's played at high school. I think she won some state championships with her high school team. So she's been around the block and, and she's played at some really high levels. And she's also been training her entire life for this. I mean, this, this is, I think she wants to go on and play professionally afterwards, but like this, she's at the pinnacle of, you know, her dreams and her goals right now. Um, and beyond that is maybe she goes and plays professionally, but this, this is it for her. Like this is what she's been training and, and working towards doing. And so I think she's very prepared and also setters come in early every day. And so she's getting extra contact, extra reps and um, watching extra video with the coaching staff. And so they're, they're going to have her beyond prepared. Hey, uh, what did you, I, I, I was watching the fourth set of that, 
uh, scrimmage. I was I was watching and listening. My my daughter and my wife were at it, uh, and I asked them the same thing afterwards. I was like, "Was that the most like weirdly intense volleyball scrimmage you've ever seen?" I, I felt that way to me. You've been a part of a lot more of them than I have, though. <laughs> Hands down, the best red white scrimmage. And if that's an any inclination of how this season is going to go, I, I mean, we are going to be in for a wild ride. And if you look at some of these, you know, preseason matchups and then Big Ten matchups. I just think it. There's going to be a lot of close games, uh, and it's a lot of comebacks, and there it, it's going to it's going to be intense. I'll say yeah. that I, I'm predicting that it will be very intense and just highly competitive and just some really good volleyball that uh, we. I don't know if we got that last year. We had some some nice matches last year, but this year I just think everything's going to a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah, just like like Lindsey Krause, for instance, during that day. I mean, she was just, I mean, she was dialed in, and th- there were a lot of players were. But I noticed that a few times. It was really compelling television again for a for a scrimmage that in the end doesn't doesn't mean that much. Although for player evaluation, I'm sure it does. Hey, I, I want to ask you while while I've got you here, since we'll be talking about this a lot next week, is this game in Memorial Stadium? I'm I'm just curious, like. What is that experience going to be like for these players when you think about this, if you had ever got a chance to do something like this? What exactly is not only the experience of just doing it and all of the pomp and circumstance around it, but actually then playing in a game outside in that scenario going to be like? Well, I think it will be... It, it, it just will be so cool for these players because it's this, they could be breaking a, a world record. I think it's a world record, right? Uh, there might the, the they'll U.S. Be, they'll be right up against the world record. They'll be right up, which was a soccer okay. game, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, some soccer game. Yeah. So, so obviously they're going to break the Wisconsin record. Which yes. sorry, Wisconsin. I don't think you're ever going to. That's done. That. That's done. Yes. <laughs> I love I love how competitive Coach Cook is. Like, hey, oh, you Wisconsin think? Beats- Wisconsin beat the record last season. Okay, we're going to put it in Memorial Stadium. Now you can never touch it. <laughs> the, I, by the way, I looked it up for him. The next step is the Indianapolis Speedway. That holds like a quarter of a million people if it's necessary. Oh, so just FYI, you can tell him that. Okay, I will. I'll pass that along. Well, so it will just be a cool experience because they get to be a part of history. And, and you know, they have the really the whole state is showing up and going to be there and supporting them. But I'm a little nervous Playing, depending on the winds, Nebraska's windy. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with those winds, I mean, playing on the beach, is, you have a heavier ball. It's, it's a little bit different, a little bit easier to play and, and embrace that wind when you're playing sand volleyball. But to play indoor volleyball outside with that wind and potentially some other weather, I, it, it, it might be interesting. I have the <laughs> solution. Interesting. What's yeah. that? Lauren, I have the solution. High underhand serves. Every beer league sand <laughs> volleyball tournament I've been high underhand serves. By the way, serves. I am freaking sweet at those. <laughs> oh my God. I could do a little tutorial if you needed. put you put it up and you let Mother Nature take care those of it. Those are like rest. torpedoes coming out of the sky for me. <laughs> I have to tell you guys a really quick funny story. I, I played in a one of those, you know, spikes beer league yeah. two on two with my at the time it was um Jason was my fiance. We were engaged. Yes. And we played in this two-on-two league, and he was so bad. I don't know why we did this. And I, you guys, I almost called off the engagement. That's how bad it went. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yes. Now I, we're happily married with a it, child. I mean, it, we're great, but I, that was we close were, call though. So close to saying I, I can't marry you. You're so bad at, at beach volleyball. I can't. Oh my for gosh. The rest of My life. No more volleyball. Oh, wow. No more volleyball teammates <laughs> to just keep our marriage. Keep our marriage on solid ground here. Uh, 
By the way, say hi to him for me, and and Lorna, I I always appreciate you coming on. It's always a blast, and we're excited to have you a part of the network that we're partnering with here again on on KLIN, on B1073 across the hall. We love having you and uh, JB on, and so we really look forward to getting these matches started. Well, thanks, Jack. I always appreciate you asking me to come on, and I my goal this year is to drop Dream Crusher one time on the air. For yes, you. <laughs> yes, please. All right, we'll be listening for that. Crusher, baby. All right, good luck on the potty training, Lauren. <laughs> thanks, Jack. <laughs> so, Have a great day. Yeah, you know, Lauren Cook West. Oh, that's hilarious. Can you imagine being? Get over there. Get, get over there. They're trying to direct him to be at the right spot. Man, I'd be I, so I've had some I'd bad so showings nervous. in some beer league sand volleyball, but never that Not bad. when you've got a teammate of that quality. I've never had a teammate of that quality either. <laughs> All right. It's 857. We'll wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. That was fun talking to Lauren. She's uh, the best. It's great. Hey, uh. Lauren Cook West, more like Lauren Cook Best. Okay, uh, that'll be enough. Uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, thanks for him joining us as well. Coming up tomorrow on the show, it is a Wednesday. That means Hot Chaps Your Head Wednesday. Ooh. Hot Chaps Your Head Wednesday. Be looking for that Facebook post later this afternoon. You can text in 24-7 with whatever it is that is chapping your head. Just don't forget it. That's always an issue for me, and that itself chaps my head. Uh, also, John Bishop will join us tonight. Krista Yoakum, among others, on the Dan Parsons Show. Interesting talk about the jail. Be listening for that starting at 5 o'clock tonight. It is 9 o'clock, Cali and Lincoln. From the